0: This is the place where we talk about preparing for and navigating adulthood, a space for autistic individuals, families, professionals, and other community stakeholders to get information and resources when it comes to this particular area. We talk about employment, education, high school, college, independence, all of those areas, and connect you to people and organizations that are doing work in this community, as well as share some resources that we've created here at Autism Grown Up. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan, and I'm also the Executive Director of Autism Grown Up. You can check us out at autismgrownup.com and continue listening to this episode. Hey, so for this week's episode, the last official week of March, I wanted to hop on here first to share a little bit of information behind the scenes with an autism grown-up. We are still growing our collection library of sort when it comes to resources for COVID-19, coronavirus, and all of those things that it's impacted on our daily lives. So there are a variety of resources right now out there that a lot of organizations, teachers, and others have created, and we are putting them all in one spot. So you can check out our website, autismgrownup.com, and there's a tab specifically for this. It's also kind of like our announcement bar on our website that you can just click see. See all that there. If you see, if you know of something actually that isn't in there, please submit it. There's a button at the bottom of the page and it's just an email to me that you can attach a link or a resource that you've created that you think would be helpful for others in our autism community. And at the same time, we also know just by the day-to-day life before COVID-19 is that not a lot of resources are geared towards autistic adults and supporting employers, parents, caregivers, as well in this area. So we are creating a resources resource within the Autism Grown-Up Community. Right now, focus on coping techniques, navigating stressors with uncertainty in day-to-day life, and what people are doing to navigate that, all within our Autism Grown-Up Community. So if you're not already a member, join us there, and we would love for your information. We are using our group's hive mind to create this resource. Because we know we can learn a lot from you and from others, too. And that's the, a major announcement from Autism Grown Up. Just some continuing development when it comes to supporting all of you and the ones you love and the ones you work with. And for this week's episode, I sat down with Maisie Sotantio, who is the founder of Autism Career Pathways. She is also a co-founder of a clinic called The Catch Clinic and we hear about her experiences too as a parent of a neurodivergent individual. In this episode, Maisie shares a lot of great information and essentially a checklist for putting on an event in your community that is focused on her event is was focused on autism in the workplace, and she provides a lot of great tips for putting something like this on in your local community. Uh, At the time of the recording that we did do this, it was back in February, end of February, I believe, uh, the event was scheduled for April 2nd on World Autism Awareness Day. You know, due to recent events, uh, they have had to unfortunately reschedule this event. But I wanted to include it still within this recording because they will be having this event hopefully sometime in the future, and I still think you all could get a lot of value out of it. So I reached out to her this week, actually, to see if there was anything else I could help promote in its place this week, just because of these changes, and she mentioned that they are having an online autistic art auction, and it's essentially an art exhibition all online. They're hosting it from April 1st to the 7th, and each of the artists in this exhibition, she mentions a lot of them in this episode, actually, uh, will be spotlighted on the social media accounts with Autism Career Pathways, and I'll make sure to link those in the show notes as well. And uh, she passed along some photos and videos that you all can check out as well. Make sure to also support autistic artists and their work, so if you could help them get their art out there, that would also be amazing, amazing work that you could do too. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Welcome to the Autism Grown-Up Podcast. Joining us today is Maisie Sotantio. Thank you for joining us.
1: You're welcome, Tara. It's so nice um, to connect with you and just to talk to somebody who have very similar vision and interests. So this is great. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, as soon, I think I found you early on in my instagram journey with autism grown-up yeah. and then re you again in linkedin with more of the work doing and i'm like we have to make this happen i have to reach out to amazing and see if yeah, yeah yeah i can get her on here and share what she's
1: doing of course of course so yeah can you
0: tell us a little bit about you and your work in the autism community
1: Yeah, so I actually, I am a long time autism professional Mm -hmm. for going on to 30 years. So it's been quite a while. I started as an undergraduate at UCLA and I uh, learned to become uh, a behavioral therapist. So I got into working with autistic kids through the field of ABA and I did that for, gosh, about 12 years or so, you know, working my way up to become a clinic supervisor for CAR Center for Autism and Related Disorders. And that's why I moved to the Bay Area to open up their, their uh, branch clinic here. And then after doing that for a while, I felt like there's something missing because it was really hard to even teach the most successful clients just the motivation to connect with other people so even though they were able to go to school pretty successfully with minimal support or independently but when they came home they just didn't want to like do anything else with family members or with friends you know so i felt like that was the missing piece for me as an autism professional who I thought have tried to put the pieces together in a very eclectic way given that I was in the Bay Area and Michelle Garcia winner you know has been here and yeah uh, but I felt like that internal motivation to connect with other people you know at that point in the 80s and 90s we were still thinking of autism spectrum disorder as a behavioral you know diagnosis like that's mm-hmm. that's how we quantify progress I suppose yeah. uh, our checklist and so on <laughs> yeah so you understand and then yeah so at that point um, the program that I'm currently certified in relationship development intervention they just started offering professional certifications so I read about it and called the number on the back of the book and got trained, and never, I never looked back, so my husband and I, um, at our clinic, uh, we work with parents, so we are basically parent coaches, and we only work with parents at home, which is very important, mm-hmm. um, I we're still doing that, you know, I have long-term, long-time clients who I started working when they were, like, yay big, and now they're, like, Towering over me you know they're like 28 and they some of them have multiple degrees some of them are going to colleges and and yet the career pathways are still not well defined you know so I was it, it really bothered me because if I've been partnering up with with my clients and their families for all these years work with teachers and really work hard to to figure it out together you know I feel like with all my clients we were really um, a good team Um, I'm part of their family and vice versa they're like my kids Uh, but I feel like the other side the world is not for them it's you know we, we work hard to get our our clients ready and it really bothered me that I felt like the world's not ready for them it's not the other way around you know so last year I started the autism career pathways pilot project so started last year and that project it's about figure out autism employability or neurodiverse employability because I don't want to exclude people who are not autistics Mm -hmm. so that's in a nutshell my journey that's
0: amazing i love um thanks for sharing too about like those moments where you felt like you were reaching a point where you're like i know this feel very well and i know that my clients are not they're like reaching this point like they're not getting to where they need to go
1: yeah i think that of course uh the diagnosis is not gonna go away right you know it's always gonna be a you know, part of these young adults life, whether it's autism or ADHD or sensory processing disorders, information processing disorders, like the neurodiversity, neurodiverse people, they're not going to go away. I see every day, whenever I travel, people come to me, can you take a look at my son or my daughter? And they're tiny. This week I saw a (laughs) one-year-old, you know, um, And it's not going to go away. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse myself. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to be the world uh, that we live in and with people who have different abilities. So I think that parenting has to be different Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Professionals have to be educated in a different way there's a lot of work to be done. And last year I got certified in customized employment just to figure out the funding situations and just the process. I've talked to many, many nonprofit and adult transitional programs, uh, organizations who are already very well-established in helping uh, autistic adults, uh, You know, like the job training and uh, matching businesses to them and so on of course in the san francisco bay area where i'm from you know we've got the the big companies right like google and sap and yeah, those Stanford. Valley. yeah the big guys the big guys <laughs> We're all, they're all there and you know i um i was in shock i was like wow it's just so complicated so yeah. complicated because some people like Stanford University they've they've done a lot of work um like in the educational like neurodiverse you know preparation and training and um like connecting professionals but I think the database is still very very lacking Mm -hmm. uh so the database meaning the database of businesses willing to open their doors you know oh, so we okay. i think yeah so there're two kinds of database that need to develop and yeah. work in parallel so one is the database of the diverse young adults and the other database is for businesses who are saying yeah we're willing to explore employment you know let's figure it out so the other unknown also is a really well designed curriculum just to train mentors. So uh, mentors meaning job specialists, employment specialists, also business owners, and also parents are a big part of that, as you know. Like we can't just work on skills uh, and not thinking about the future because how we develop career readiness objectives, I suppose, if you want to call it that. If the, the earlier you start, the better, you know, and we can't wait until uh, our family member is 18 and then send them off some, somewhere. No. It just doesn't work that way. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm also so,
0: curious for the mentors, mm-hmm. have you also, do you also consider like maybe some other
1: employees to be a part of that, different managers? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that uh, we have this huge problem for neurodiverse employment, right, very slow hiring rate, because uh, it's just, I think people want to help, right? But people don't know what they don't know. <laughs> yeah. Really, people don't know what they don't know. So I think unless we can empower companies, uh, my, and my targeted companies are actually small to medium sized okay. companies uh, and empower them to do everything in house. The rate of hiring will be slow for a long time. So, the way it works now, um, a, a company, say a company, has a position open at the cafeteria, for mm-hmm. example, and then that company will call the nonprofit in the area. Uh, so, in our area, we have GatePath or just other, you know, nonprofits here, like Kynos, all these wonderful nonprofits, that's, that's their thing. They do training, they do group training, and then job placement, and sending uh, an employment specialist to help the, the candidate, right? Yeah. But at that rate, it's going to be slow, right? Because you're creating a specific position and looking for specific skills, uh, and then you look for the candidate, right? Yeah. And then also employment specialists have limited amount of time or funded uh, hours to be able to shadow the person. Of course, independence is always the key. Uh, so some people are very successful. But uh, I don't know. I In my mind, I feel like full, full inclusion means that that person, that neurodiverse person, shouldn't be just there doing their job you know at the corner or someplace but that person should be really part of the work culture Mm, yes but you know you and I love you know our clients and we know how to connect with them Uh, but I think the neurotypical population it's a lot of times they're hesitant because uh, it's just out of the norm socially like there's just no guidelines right so um yeah so there's a lot of stigma and education and a lot of resources that we have to be aware both sides because i think all human beings once they feel competent once they have a relationship they're given the opportunity and people make an effort to get to know them you know they just blossom and then the sky is the limit because then they can with good mentors with good guides. Uh, they can do anything. I think the sky's the limit. Uh, so th- that's that's when I say the other side. That means you know people in all kinds of workplaces, they just have to learn somehow well they they have to be given the resources to and to be guided to really embrace neurodiversity, um not just a uh, skill set. We have to think about beyond beyond skill set. We wanna guide them so that they can see the people first, the neurodiverse people first, you know, and then I feel like everything will come together, you know, yeah, it's a big yeah. project. <laughs> That's a huge project, yeah, so you were definitely it's a like
0: huge project. tackling it from so many different angles, from just the yeah. neurodiverse person themselves to the yeah. place, as well as talking about culture and training yeah.
1: mentors, it's a lot to put into place. It's a lot, but I believe that relationship is the number one foundation, Mm -hmm. whether you're a parent, you know, and I, I I came from a behavioral background and we, we were, I was really good at building skills. You know, Mm -hmm. I took pride in, you know, teaching my little clients to, to sit down and be, able to, uh, you know, develop the foundations for learning, to do potty training, to do all these kinds of skills. But uh, it's, it wasn't developing the missing foundations necessarily when you build skills. So building skills in general, it's like top to bottom, mm-hmm. whereas uh, when you're building, you're missing uh, developmental foundations, it's from the bottom up. Of course, it takes longer because then we're talking about remediation. We're doing like uh, doing it step by step. uh, Just but but it's very critical because if you're building the foundations, then the person can just take what they learn and run with it. Yeah. You know, like a neurotypical kid, they just monitor their parents and they're very curious. They want to try everything, you know, and they want to do that more and more. But when you have an atypical brain that's not developing that way, you know, of course, it's very hard for parents to figure out because as parents, we don't get the feedback, you know, uh, and it's, it's, we're left to on our soil, uh, you know, as parents. and, And that's why we outsource a lot because we don't know how to do the simplest things. Like, how do I brush my child's teeth? Or how do I make my child eat dinner and not run around and, and it's very complex because we're dealing with sensory issues. We're dealing with a lot of, you know, I then mean, the other little brother or sister, you know, life for a family raising a neurodiverse child is very, very tough. And and I didn't know that as a therapist because I would just come for a couple of hours and I leave. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until I became a neurodiverse parent myself and my clients grow up and they're still doing the same behavior quirky behavior and I'm like wait a minute we've been working on this forever <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so it's not that easy you know so um yeah so relationship I think going back is uh very important whether you're an, a parent or a, an educator you're a therapist or or uh guides at work I think mm-hmm. it's so important that's the the beginning part you invest in the relationship uh you take it one step at a time uh you know and I always illustrate to people well remember when you met your uh then boyfriend or girlfriend you think about that person a lot and you really filter yourself like not say anything stupid so that you would scare (laughs) off that person you know that's you do it in a gentle way and trying to represent yourself in a certain way and trying to invest in like getting to know the other person Mm -hmm. because there's something about that person calling you to, yeah, I want, maybe this is the person that I would like to be with for a long time. Right. So that's the beginning of a relationship. And unfortunately uh, when parents are given a diagnosis they forget about that part I think the the diagnosis just consumes them Mm -hmm. and and then you you forget that that is your child that's your baby first it doesn't matter what professionals tell you that's your baby first you know it's your job as a mom to really raise this great human being to be even greater you know even though that person may not be able to speak or do things you know the same way like other people, but it's our job as parents, and and the outsourcing part is tough because, especially in America, uh, we're given the moment a diagnosis kicks in, we're given all these resources. You know, we're we're given a checklist basically. Yeah, truly a checklist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yes, right?
0: And yeah, all of these people that can come to your house and provide therapies.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, now, of course, there's a place for therapy. I'm not saying don't do therapy or don't seek professional help. But I think the first thing we have to do, I think, and nobody talks about this, nobody talks about uh, neuroplasticity, for example. So parents of newly diagnosed, newly diagnosed children, they're not being told by the professional, look, yes, your, ch- your child might have autism. But remember the brain is plastic and the brain continues to evolve and change depending on the experiences mm-hmm. we expose that brain to. Nobody talks about neuroplasticity, you know? Um, and nobody talks to the parents, uh, like from one human being to another, like you have to take care of yourself. You have to make sure that, uh, your relationship with your husband or wife is very strong. You know, nobody really guide them. The guiding is not there yeah, by the professionals, which is really scary when you think about it. You know, you just give an ultimatum and a report with a long list and the parents are in a panic mode for many, many years. and And then it begins the process of outsourcing you know, jumping from one professional to another, one school, one therapy center to another. I mean, I really believe that uh, parents just lose their sense of self and lose their ability, that intuitiveness that, okay, I, I can do this, you know, um, because, the, because what the information being told along with the diagnosis was way too scary, you know, and then they turned to the internet, Like there is such a thing, like you're reading too much, (laughs) so much information Mm -hmm. through social media and you just get so scared, Uh, you know, but um, yeah, anyways, I'm curious if this has like influenced, well,
0: definitely your perspective has shifted since becoming a parent yourself and navigating this road with your family in real Mm -hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side of this now. I'm not being, the, I'm not the therapist coming to the home or at the clinic. Um, life is yeah. different and mm-hmm. we need to start thinking ahead.
1: Um, uh, yes, definitely. I feel here's what I tell, because people ask me all the time. So given that you're a psychologist, <laughs> yeah. so what are your top t- three recommendations, you know, to another parent of a, a, an autistic child? And whether it's autism or other things, here's what I say to other parents. Okay. I, even as professionals, both uh, my husband and I, and we read a lot of books, you know, research articles and all this stuff, you know, but when it comes to raising your child, nor typical or neurodiverse, there's really no book or any articles that would fit that child. Mm-hmm. No, there's no, not even one right? Because it's not the information. It's not the formula. There's really no formula. Why? Because we're human beings. I'm a human being first, and, and my child is a human being first, and we're unique, you know, uh, and, and also the dynamic is different, right? So my child would be different with me versus being different with dad, you know, so the pairing of each parent and the child, uh, it's very different. And people, again, professionals don't talk about family. Like you, it's about going through the journey as a family and it shouldn't be the autism journey, right? Because as a family, that should come first. Your relationship as a family should come first always. And then you figure it out as a family together. You know, so I, um, I interviewed a lot of adults, autistic adults last year, just for research, you know, because I want to know, like, what kind of jobs uh, autistic people can be successful in and, you know, and once in a while, um, these adults talk about their parents. The one common thing that I would say was that uh, they had incredible parents who, just knew intuitively how to raise them. And, you know, some of them, some of these uh, uh, young adults, they're like in their 30s and so on. Some of them didn't have uh, any diagnosis until they were in, you know, well past their 20s. So meaning that their parents didn't even know anything about autism, you know. Uh, But they just somehow figured out how to raise these great people just intuitively. And one example was that uh, a young lady who said, "You know, my parents knew I was quirky, I was very stubborn. Uh, I like to do things my way, but they just let me, like they let me live in the basement, they gave me room to be myself and to decompress. And I was like, oh my gosh, That was amazing, you know So instead of hovering over you know your your uh, autistic family member, you got to do the dance. I call it the dance. You know, you know, sometimes you're side by side. Sometimes you're behind. Sometimes you're a little bit afraid, but it's the dance. You know, you move together as, as you raise this person. Yeah, so I think nobody talks about that. You know, that, that just being a parent requires some tremendous amount of intuitiveness. And when you lose a sense of self... You know, because you're depressed or you're constantly running around, you're exhausted, you know, you are not able to give the best part of yourself to this person who really needs that, you know, because this person's different, you know, um, and nobody talks about that, you know. And so for me, it's come full circle, truly, Tara, because when, when I talk to autistic young adults, I change my mindset. I thought, like oh I have to teach my clients to do it this way or that way you know when I talk to these adults and they're doing okay they're doing great advocacy work they're writing they're running Facebook groups they're you know doing speaking engagements they are incredible they have overcome right Mm -hmm. so I think that's the message I think for parents you know it's the message of being there as, if, like, always thinking about your family and how you can raise your child to be resilient and so that they can overcome. You know, it may be autism, it might be other things, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. The relationship part, yeah. there's no curriculum for that. And that's what we, I really wanna build online video resources showing people how to do a relationship based curriculum, whether you're, you know, a family raising a young adult or uh, a mentor or business owners, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, so so that's my goal down the road. Down the road. Down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, but it sounds
0: like something you can build out today. But yeah, you do have so many projects going on.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of video because because through RDI. We uh, actually, parents, when we work with parents, they have to do their homework. They have to practice with a family member, and they have to videotape themselves, or they write journals. So that's our data. So we do have, for the family side, we do have uh, video clips showing how to do uh, relationship building, how to just do uh, collaborative work. Uh, And we use just daily activities, you know, we invite the family member to contribute and they build their competence that way. And it, you know, everything starts at home so that if they can be a good apprentice at home, then they will be a good apprentice in, in other settings as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the family side it's we have some video resources, but, So I'm looking for opportunities to partner up with small businesses so we can build uh, the video libraries as as well. You know, how to guide somebody in a flower shop or library or packaging company, uh, whatever, bookstores.
0: Yeah. yeah. creating those relationships in the workplace. Exactly. exactly, I I think those would be amazing. I think that would help answer some of those
1: unknowns. Yeah. About, like, businesses yeah.
0: don't know what the day-to-day
1: look like. And they... Yeah. Yeah. And we're all visuals. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't just read something and like get ideas, you know, but if I see a little video, then that will spark other ideas. So I think building a video library would be great. And I'm Indonesian, so I'm now in Indonesia. So it's a lot of times it's easier to make things happen here so I could do something that's just universally appealing because guiding is guiding whether you're an Asian person or you're a person from America or UK guiding is guiding we all remember being guided by another adult in our lives you know our parents or some teachers you know we remember those guides because mm-hmm. they made an impact in our lives and yeah so that's the kind of video library that I hope to build. Yeah, I would love to see. I hope that happens very soon.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask yeah. you um, mm-hmm. if you wanted to share a little bit about the upcoming event that you're going to be hosting in April.
1: Yeah, so I received a grant last fall to uh, host Autism Goes to Work Job Expo, so it will be in San Francisco Bay Area uh, on April 2nd. Uh, so it's coming up in a little bit over a month so uh, April 2nd is the World Autism Awareness Day it's going to be from three to seven so it's a really really it's going to be a dream come true for me because I just love to get people together I love a big gathering (laughs) I love parties I had this idea of Like, what if we can show the world the different kinds of autistic talents, nor diverse talents, you know, not just like people who can work in the tech uh, sector, you know, in the tech companies, Mm -hmm. but most of our young adults are not techie. Actually, (laughs) they're all, a lot of them are very, very artistic. um, And a lot of them uh, are pretty good writers. They're amazing musicians, Uh, so I have just through social media and just talking to people I've put together an amazing group of autistic talents to come to this event so for example I have um, autistic speakers uh, and they're all going to just do question and answer Q&A because I don't really I want it casual like meet and greet um, where people can just ask questions. So one of the speakers is actually um, he has written five books, but he did it through his letterboard. Okay, cool. So he is one of the brightest minds. You know, he's 16. He's a young man, but he's brilliant. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, and uh, I would love to high school student for high school students to just come and ask. You know, Q and A, and I've got you know, um, yeah, a couple of other. Autistic speakers, they're just going to talk about their career and answer some questions. Uh, I've got business owners coming. uh, They're selling their products. So I have an autistic manga artist from New York, Alice Yuen. She's coming and she runs a very successful clothing company out of New York. Uh, She also owns a martial arts studio with her husband. So she's coming, uh, let's see, we have pro- business owners, we have musicians, so we have a, a jazz musician, we have a band, the Dream Achievers, and we also might have another young man who will play the Chinese drum. Yeah, so we have autistic talents coming, you Definitely, know, just yeah. to, to take the stage. I don't want to be on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> just oh oh one more is autistic artists so we have for six weeks we have art exhibition uh, and the art is being shipped from Sweden from Indonesia from Iran you know and they're two D and three D arts digital printing photography uh, you know uh, yeah so two D three D so we're gonna put it together I'm looking for high school students to Work to volunteer, and they're gonna talk about the artists. So I'll make sure that we represent the artists, tell their stories, and hopefully we'll be able to help them sell the art. So everything goes back to them. Yeah. So that's that's part of the grant. It's a free event because I don't have to pay for the venue, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe other cities would do the same thing. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, But the challenge remains: Can we bring small businesses to come that's my challenge oh,
0: wow. <laughs> you know
1: yeah. yeah because we can put together a room and have a party with all of our mm-hmm. businesses so if any businesses uh, you know will listen to this podcast you know come or give me a call so i can, we can put your name out there we we want to take businesses information and i will follow up and you know uh, yeah because it's the process it's not like oh you're willing to hire here's the person you know it takes mm-hmm. this, this this is there are many moving pieces but I just want to start the conversation that's what this is event is all about
0: yeah definitely so for those of you who are listening who are from the Bay Area or know of anyone in the Bay Area pass this along this one this episode will be out a few weeks before the event so
1: Yeah,
0: thank
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. But come, even if you're not from the Bay Area. So we have an author coming from Ireland, we have artists coming from Indonesia, and all the stuff are being sent in from not from San Francisco. So it's a really good opportunity for families of young children, for example, to look ahead of them and meet autistic adults. We have an autistic like comedian, like uh he's in the Entertain, yeah. So it's just so many people who have told me, Yo, I'm coming, I'm just gonna tell everyone what I do. You know, I just want parents to be hopeful. You you just come, it's for everyone. Just come, they should. Yes, everyone should go. (laughs) Definitely. Oh man, yeah,
0: to meet these wonderful people and maybe have good ideas. Yeah, good ideas. Let other businesses know in the area that they should go.
1: Mm Hmm. It starts with you know talks, like like have an open mind and open heart, and then we'll just talk. That this is the beginning, you know. Yeah. So that leads
0: me to yeah. I was really curious about because you've mentioned before that like it takes Mm -hmm. it's taking a little bit of time. It's a slow process for hiring, but was what, curious based on the conversations you've had so far with small to medium-sized businesses that you've worked with, um, maybe mm-hmm. some other ones too outside of that range, but I know you've said that's kind of your main zone. Like what mm-hmm. have you learned along the way that's, um, that you think others should know when they are trying to do something like this in their city?
1: Uh, like throwing a big party for autistic yeah, people yeah. and businesses? <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, I we, Whoever wants to host this in their city, I will be there to help put it together because, you know, I have a checklist, like to to-do list, you know, I'm happy to share that with any city or any organizer. So I would say the way to do it is just put together a team. Don't be afraid to ask for help and, and hopefully you'll be able to delegate, but work with your chamber of commerce and typically the downtown business, you know, there might be a couple of business groups So those are the people you want to contact like way, way ahead of time, you know, uh, create a good flyer and, and just, uh, if you can bring the superstars, autistic superstars from your area, that will be awesome. So usually every city, there is like a couple of people who are well known for their advocacy, uh, you know, bring, talk to those guys and bring them in. Because that could be your leverage. Also, that we have so and so coming. Um, So I've got all the superstars from our area, uh, Mm -hmm. like coming from the East Bay, from from the South Bay, and from the Peninsula, where where we are near Stanford University. Uh, So also connect with other people who are or organizations who are already who are ahead of you. Meaning like they just that's their thing to do yeah. you know whether it's a local university or your nonprofit supporting young adults the autism uh, autism adult groups vocational training you know and school districts don't forget the school districts mm-hmm. the high schools the special ed you know director and all the yeah so those are i think should be included in your checklist other than that i would say especially for the month of april if If any city want to do this, ask your library. Our library has the second floor. They have the community room and it's indoor. So if you're going to do it in April, you don't have to worry about the rain and the weather. And uh, as long as it's a big room, you can do it. Now, we were going to do it on a Saturday, but we changed it to Thursday night because we were told since we were hoping to bring businesses to come to visit weekends would not be good Mm. because the restaurants will be busy they can't come so doing it i think a weeknight evening would be great yeah and then you know when i come back to the bay area march i'll be doing a lot of door-to-door with my pretty flyer (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you just need a team of people who are not shy to ask for help and you could just just do it and you know it, just do it that's, that's what I say <laughs> oh, okay. so I'll help you <laughs> yeah. yeah I think we should
0: we definitely need to get more people I think once I know like it could be really mm-hmm. easy to do it can be held in a free place libraries are great yeah free events I wouldn't say
1: it's easy Tara <laughs> oh really I'm, I'm <laughs> no, but it's, I it's the journey yeah, yeah I true. think if, if you were to do it you know, yourself, you learn so much. Yeah. You learn so much from the process. And and then next time it will be easier. Like I was already asked, oh, you're gonna do it this every year, right? I'm like oh, yeah, explains- I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: try. Oh yes, I did not mean easy, but it's it <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No, I'm them. just joking. <laughs> <laughs> have my community
1: organizer hat
0: on for a second (laughs)
1: exactly
0: exactly you you
1: just need yeah you got you got you need a team of sidekicks basically yeah and uh it's easier and i really i met um so many autistic adults who are so it should and Social media has been great, like, for me, for this project. It's been amazing. So so you always have the social media outlet to promote your event. And, yeah, just do it. I think it's a really great way to educate, to just to share with our community, to invite our community to come together. Mm-hmm. You know, your neighborhood, you know. And I live in Redwood City, and the, the grant is from Redwood City Library. So I told myself, you know what, if I get, like, 100 people come from my city, I call that success, you know? So just don't put too much pressure on yourself. Even if it's just your city and my city, right? That would still be great. At least we can engage with our community and start positive and maybe have some businesses coming or business owners, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And there's always next year because people will be asking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's always next year.
0: I also was curious, um, as we start getting to the last few questions, if there are any Mm -hmm. common resources or tools you've turned to, whether it was for this event or for Autism Career Pathways or your other work. Yes,
1: so that's a good question. So I haven't talked about the career screening tool that I developed. So this is actually to replace, I hope. A standard verbal interview that's really, really hard for neurodiverse people, some neurodiverse people, because they don't have very good verbal communication skills. So I created an all activity-based career screening tool that would give us a really good picture of the person's interests and aptitudes and current level of skills and potentials and, you know, just also potential roles that they they can do really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's all videotape basically that will help the families and also uh, the neurodiverse candidate to really work on specific goals Uh, so typically the social communication goals that's phase three is very very difficult Uh, we also look at how they're able to self-regulate because that's important information for businesses and also the candidate and also we look at all the executive functioning, the decision making and mm-hmm. um, objectives. So, how they're able to figure out and do tasks, how they transition out of it, how they ask for help, problem solve, and so on. So, we look at all those objectives. So, phase two is very important and it's all activity based. It's all activity-based. So that will give like a potential business, like a really complete, um, a better picture of the candidate because they can see the person. They can also, they have a summary. So I, I developed that and I'm hoping that this year I'll have the opportunity to partner with a couple of businesses and, you know, neurodiverse young adults with their families because I want to see what if we work together, You know, the family, the parents support the areas of needs with the buy into from the young adult, as well as the businesses, you know, can the candidate then be more successful in a workplace? So that's what I'm looking for opportunities to make that happen this year. Other than that, I want to tell you about a couple of apps and websites. Oh, awesome! So I think it's yeah, really cool. So one is called it's an app uh, called Making Authentic Friendships. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this app? Yeah, I've had. So it's I
0: yeah, one. I had Juliana on here actually, the founder.
1: There you go. So I thought that's really cool to connect, uh, you know, neuro- neurodiverse people based on their interests. So that's really really cool. And then the second one is called. It's a website, so it's called Identifor, I D E N T I F O R Identifor.com. So what this this the the company has done is to create all game-based career screening, basically where you can go in there and it's all for free and you do all the games, there are different levels and it's, it's, it uses artificial intelligence. So it's actually everyone is going to have a different, I, I guess, uh, outcome or a list of skills based on their performance, of course. Uh, and then based on that, I think they will do also do job matching. I think, I think it's a whole continu- continuum from the assessment all the way. Oh, that's cool. You know, so, yeah, I spoke to the founder, I think, last year. And I'm sure they're further along this year even. But I thought it would be really good to uh, all these online opportunities. If you can try to figure out you know, your best aptitudes and where to go potentially, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then University of Vanderbilt also, they, they're they developing a vit- virtual, all virtual interview, like screening, I think that they're, oh, they're, they're awesome. developing that. So yeah, so those three ideas, I suppose. Great
0: resources to pass along. And right up our alley yeah yeah so yeah I'll put all of those in our show notes too so mm-hmm. y'all listening to this can access those check them out great I like to ask everyone this but I think we've already kind of touched on it but I feel like there's probably more mm-hmm. uh, what are you excited about and looking
1: forward to in the coming month the autism goes to work yeah job expo that's i'm super excited excited to partner up with a couple of businesses you know and start building the online library i think i can i can start that this year you know Mm -hmm. building the video resource library so i'm excited about that uh yeah just yeah i'm excited to talk to people
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then how can people listening to this episode get
1: in touch with you or autism career pathways Uh, So our website is, is the easiest way. If you want to learn more about the nonprofits mission and the website address is www.autismcareerpathways.com with an S. So all of my information is there. So you want to get in touch with me. My email is there. Yeah. Other than that, you know, my Instagram account, I think it's where I run two Instagram accounts. One is, uh, under my name at Macy Sutantio. My name is spelled M-A-I-S-I-E. And then the the adult uh, employment uh, one is uh, at ASD Career Pathways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is the two Instagram accounts where I just do my best to really share about parent guiding, parenting tips. And the ASD Career Pathways is where I really try to connect autistic people and businesses um, mm. so people can get ideas like home-based business or, you know, just different people. I also do uh, career exchange forum interviews uh, where autistic adults actually share how they got started doing their career so far i've interviewed a bar an autistic barber a librarian and a social worker and tomorrow i'll be interviewing stacy from australia and she's a tattoo artist so uh, i'm just gonna keep doing that and that the all the recordings are uploaded into the youtube channel uh, autism career pathways so i think those might be helpful for people
0: yes definitely i've watched
1: with you yeah i love them Yeah. Cool. yeah
0: Well, um, I guess this, yeah, this was our last question. I'm like,
1: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much. Yeah, I know. Me too. You're welcome, Tara. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. This was a lot of fun. This was so much fun. All
0: right. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. As you can tell, we had a good time. Thanks again to Maisie for joining us. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, unfortunately, this event has been rescheduled, but they are having an online art auction that you all can check out through her social media account, linked in the show notes, as well as some other photos and videos from these artists that you can share in your community as well, online community being... Um, the place to be right now and this episode is also linked in our autism grown-up community so you can join us there in the community share your takeaways pose any questions and I'd be happy to talk with you all there and I will also chat with you all next week